the chemistry session is usually a free, anything from half an hour to an hour session that the coach will offer you. And it's a connection conversation. So it's a free check out before you buy kind of conversation. Coaches will run it all differently. But what, what are you looking for as the client? You're like, do I like the person? If I, in the conversation, do I enjoy that conversation? Do they have the kind of experience that I'm looking for in accompanying someone in the kind of journey that I want to go on? Hello and welcome to Unset at Work. I'm your host, Catherine Stagmacy, a certified executive and team coach interested in the conversations that we don't have at work. The hard ones, the crunchy ones, and the ones that we don't even know that we need to have. So we are almost 30 episodes in to this podcast, and I realized I haven't actually addressed what coaching is, what it actually is executive coaching. And if you don't completely understand what it is, you're in good company. Before I trained as an executive coach, I had never met a coach Never met someone who'd had a coach, and I'd never even heard of anyone wanting to be a coach. You have to wonder how I, how I ended up as an executive coach. I was coming up to a big birthday and mulling over the next chapter and the next career options. I knew I didn't want to be in the tech sector when I was fifty. It felt like a young person's game to me, and I was tired of the industry. I'd done to twenty years of it. I was seeking something else and searching for that new chapter, not quite sure what it was. And 10 years earlier to that, I tried and got quite fairly far in studying psychology with the intention of becoming a psychologist, moving between countries, and I had to start again, and I started again, and then my father died and lost the trade and the appetite for all of that. And it was a friend who suggested then that I explore coaching. She had been through some basic training at that point and had a bit of understanding about it. So I signed up for a weekend taster course with a company called Coaches Training Institute. And that was the start of this current chapter of my life. I completely fell in love with it. So if you didn't know much about coaching, then I think it's pretty understandable. Outside of the West Coast of the US, where it seems pretty standard, it's not that well known. And it even varies in certain sectors. I think the tech sector in particular has a very low adoption rate of executive coaching. So in this episode, I want to share with you a bit more about what exactly executive coaching is or coaching. And I thought that I'd do that as well by walking you through a process of finding myself a new coach. It won't probably be an executive coach, but the process of choosing or finding yourself a coach is very similar, whatever kind of coach you're looking for. In last week's episode, was episode 28, was a conversation with a coaching client of mine Tom Carpenter. So if you're keen to kind of hear this, I think these two episodes go really well together. If you haven't heard that, you might want to listen to that. You can listen to it before or after this episode. And he really goes into his journey and his experience of personal development, including his very high degree of skepticism about coaching to start with. That's what I love about Tom. He was a skeptic, but has been <laughs> he has been through a process that brought great value to him and in so doing has really come to understand the value of coaching and be quite an advocate of it as well. So see this as a sort of partner episode to that. So what is executive coaching? I'm going to talk through some of the questions that I hear that I get asked by the people and hopefully that sort of helps unpack some of those for folk. So let's start with this, this sort of thought experiment and let's say you wanted to go somewhere like the other side of the country and you've never been there. You're 
kind of really excited to get there. Lots of cool stuff happens over in that place. A few ways of traveling, but you also heard there's some diversions along the way. Maybe there's some dragons or something, and you're not really sure what you're going to need on the journey, what tools or skills that you have. Maybe you're pretty scared of dragons, and you've heard that they're, they're, they certainly exist in part of, the, part of the journey that you're going to go on. But you're not, and you're not sure if you could keep it together if you met one. You have a map, but it's a bit outdated, so you don't know if you can trust it. So what do you do? Well, we know one option is to hire a guide. Mm-hmm. A guide who's done the journey before, who's done that trip before, who has the skills, the map, the dragon spray. The guide is willing to get the pace that suits you and able to champion you along when it gets hard. And that's my kind of fun way of explaining what executive coaching is. It is this journey that you go on with someone else. You know, what you bring to coaching is some sort of hope or dream about a new way of being. Maybe it's more confidence in your in your position that you have, or maybe it's developing a superpower to influence outside of your department or your team, or maybe you just want to get better at having different conversations. Like whatever that hope or dream is, that, that's what you bring in. Yeah, that's like the destination, that's what you're bringing into coaching. You'll know what you want at the beginning of coaching, but you won't know how to get there. You've probably tried to get there on your own. You've you've read some books, you might have read several books, you've watched some TED Talks, you've asked a mentor, but the real behavioral change, the permanent change that you want remains elusive to you. That's where coaching is just a, a really great answer to that longing, that dream that you have. And your executive coach, and it's good to say coach for bravery here, is your wing person. The coach's job is to help you see inside yourself, to help you discover the resources that you do have that you don't know about, and also help you understand the ways, the patterns, the old patterns you have of sabotaging, just getting in your own way, because we all do it. However much work we've done, there are always other ways in which we undermine ourselves. So really you're looking at things like mindset and perspective and limiting beliefs. These are words that are quite common in coaching. There's a systems thinking model that I think is really useful in explaining what happens in coaching, and it's called the iceberg model. And the premise is that what's above the waterline of an iceberg is determined by what's below the line. So you all know there's a large chunk of ice below the waterline that's much bigger than the bit above the waterline, but the shape and the size and the angle of what's above the waterline is 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 going to line up. It's only going to be possible based on the the, the type of the poly aspect that's below the line. Right? So if we apply this to humans, above the waterline is what you can see. It's the behavior. It's how you show up in the world, the impact that you have. But below the waterline, so outside of your Outside of other people's awareness, maybe even outside of your own awareness is your own mindset and your beliefs. How you see yourself in the world? Well, how do you define your self-worth, your self-image? You know, what motivates you? And if you want to change behavior, you have to understand what's below the waterline to do that. And that's the, oh, that's the exploration. That's the, that's the, the material that we mine in, in coaching. I've got to say that coaching is an unregulated industry, so anyone could call themselves a coach. They don't have to have any training or certification. And also when, when someone calls themselves a coach, it's a wide range of things. And, and there's no judgment of us. It's, it, is, it's a, it is what it is. It just makes it harder for someone who's looking for a coach to know what they're going to get with that service. In the setting in, in what I do is it's executive coaching, so it's a type of coaching, but 
coaching is a common descriptor. You could get a marketing coach, somebody to help you improve your marketing. Uh, so that's probably that's going to be quite cognitive. A business coach, in my case, well, I have a business coach. You could have a voice coach, improve how you communicate. For example, there's a, a, a friend of mine who's a, a TED coach, and she helps people define what kind of TED talk they would do and, and create that story and how to prepare for it and the tools in which they can show up and, and do a great talk. So for the most part, coaching, not, not all the coaches I mentioned, but some of these coaches are very focused on the neck up. So knowing how to improve your marketing plan. A traditional business coach is very much on the neck up. Like, what do you need to know? There is a form of a type of coaching, which is my preference, certainly, which is what I call transformational coaching. My type of coaching is sort of the transformational space. This is where you're, you're digging into the iceberg below the waterline. Like what are the shifts in the awareness of who you are and what you're capable of that will create a path for you to the goal that you, that you want? So let me give an example to help explain what I mean. I'm going to use a client example, which has been highly changed to protect the client. And I'm going to call him Nick. Because a finance director at a, in an American biomedical company, and he was really good in his role, really widely respected, helped navigate the company through the financial crunch that came off the economics of the pandemic. And now the CEO is talking about moving on. A few folk have suggested to Nick that he should go for the CEO role. So he's got the company, he's got support from people in the organization. And He's excited by the idea, but he can't quite bring himself to throw his hat in the ring, to put his hand up and go, yeah, I'm interested in this in this job. And so he brings to coaching his stuckness. It's like, I, I want this role, but I can't say that to the people who need to know this. So we talk about patterns, familiarity, and he realizes that he played baseball as a young teenager and, and he loved it. He was really good at it. And midway through one of the seasons, he was made captain of the team. And in his first match as captain, he, he bombed, completely froze. And the team lost. The adults, probably well-meaning, but the adults around him stripped him of his captaincy. And he was so filled with shame and so humiliated that he just refused to play for the rest of the season. And he just disappeared. He didn't even show up for any of the trainings, for any of the actual games they were playing. And it was in this conversation that my client made the link between stepping into a new leadership position that he was being offered and an experience of doing something like that a long time ago that backfired badly. And really what was happening is that the little hurt teenage Nick was making the choice about whether the adult Nick applied for the CEO job. The little teenage Nick was driving the bus, and this is not uncommon. We've all had experiences like this. And so after this realization, which he was deeply moved by, in the further unpacking of the conversation, he could see that the circumstances were different and that he could be a choice over this process. Like, you know, rather than being activated and run by this wounded part of himself, he could be a choice about knowing that he had the backing, he had the experience, he had the strengths, and it was something that he really wanted to do. And so that helped him get out of his stuckness. So that's an example of, of a topic that you might take into executive coaching, what you might get out of it. But let's talk a little bit more about the benefits of executive coaching. 
The standard answer is better emotional intelligence or increased self-awareness, but really they're grand terms, but what does that really mean? There's some great research out there that shows the return on investment is really solid. In, in looking in researching for this podcast episode, I found one piece of research that said that companies who had heavily invested in people outperformed other companies who didn't by anything between 17 and 35%. So that's, that's a big difference in how the overall company can work when large numbers of people are invested into that degree. And if we look at areas of behavior, there are some fairly solid research reports around double-figure, high double-figure increases in areas like improved working relationships or improved teamwork and reduction in conflicts. And I find like those are interesting and comforting for me as an exec coach I'm to know that that research is out there. But I, I find it's HR or learning and development who, if they are paying for the coaching, kind of want those sort of stats, which is understandable. They have a duty of care for looking after corporate money that they're spending. But if you're buying coaching for yourself, making that investment for yourself and someone in your team, you want to know that you're getting what you want. Like the specific goal that you're taking into coaching, you want to have a sense that that's what's going to, you're going to get that goal. There's no guarantee in coaching. Like, Ethically, we should, according to whatever federation of of ethics you subscribe to, and there are several around the world, we are not allowed to make any sort of guarantees because there are too many variables to make hard guarantees. If you do the work between the sessions and set aside time to reflect on what comes up in a coaching conversation, you will make progress. I've done this work 10 years now, and there are difference in outcomes between clients comes down to the level of effort and the time the client is willing to put in. It may sound obvious, you know, that, that the more effort you put in, the more you will get out. We've heard that before. But when the organization is paying, some people cruise. They just don't take the investment seriously. And they show up unprepared, not having done the homework, and it really shows at the end. And the benefits of coaching can be really profound and meaningful for someone and incredibly helpful to an organization for you know, for better and smooth the functioning of, of teams and relationships in the organization. We talk about like benefits, I think it kind of depends on who's asking and what kind of answer you're looking for. I promise to share with you my process on how I go about looking and finding my next coach because I thought that might be a useful behind-the-scenes moment for you to, to hear some of this. So how do I find my next coach? I'm going to start with, well, why do I want a coach now? I've had three longer-term coaching relationships over 10 years. Each lasted about a year at a time. Each coach was chosen for a different reason at the time, always in some way of supporting me as a coach at a different time in my coaching career. Currently, I have a business coach in place, really somebody who helps me think through how I market and expand my business and in a quite a sort of spiritual way that's really aligned with my values. And I a great match. I have a supervisor where I take my coaching practice, my coaching struggles, and she helps me as a practitioner. So that the coach I'm now looking for is someone to help me in my next level of personal development. And it's it's been a few years since I had a coach. I think the last time was about 20, 2018, I think. And you can say, well, why haven't you had a coach in the meantime? Because I in 2019 I stepped into, into therapy, some fairly intense psychotherapy for three years and I found that I didn't have the capacity to do both. I 
believe that, and I have experienced with clients that you can be in therapy and have a coach. Therapy is not coaching. Coaching can be therapeutic, but it's but it's different. But it wasn't what I needed at the time. So I ran just with therapy at the time and, and finished that last year. So why now am I looking for extra support and a coach? I'm starting my teacher training for something called Five Rhythms in September this year. And Five Rhythms is a form of conscious dance. So think if you were a raver in the 90s or you've heard about the raving, think, think raves without the drugs and the alcohol with a bit of Ibiza lounge kind of music and chill in, in that. So it's a it's a dance movement practice. It's really about being in the body and there are no steps. It's really about embodying where you are in that in that moment. So as a teacher, we will also learn how to DJ and create musical landscapes. And so there's a lot to learn both just practically and technically, but also what happens in my experience of learning new through deep practices like this stuff comes up. When I did my coach training program, I learned because you end up being coached by the people as you as you train. So much stuff came up for me. I got a lot of great free coaching at the time. And so I know now ten years into consistent personal development, stuff will come up even if I had no idea what it is. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone who can create a container for me where I can take stuff that comes up and work it through. And it's going to be organic. It's going to be a bit free range. I don't have a specific goal other than to be supported in that. So that's the why. And then we ask the question, what kind of coach, what type of coach am I looking for? <laughs> this feels a little vulnerable to share, but I'm a, I'm a really good talker, which means I can talk circles around most people who are trying to put me on the spot, like coaches and therapists. I can talk a really good game. And it's a defense mechanism that I learned as a young child. I don't always know that I'm doing it. So I have to work with someone who's exceptionally skilled to call me out on my own bullshit. So one way is either to find someone who's exceptionally skilled or to find a type of coaching, like a modality, that is less talk-based and more body-based. And so I'm, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a kind of coach who's more of a sort of body-based practice. And because I have trauma in my past, I want them to be it's mostly, mostly focused on not taking the trauma to be processed in this round of coaching, but I want them to be trauma-informed. I don't want them to be stumbling into or stirring up stuff in me unintentionally. So I'm looking for a very specific modality, looking for somebody who's very body-based. Based on, on what I know, this is probably going to be something in, in the what is called the somatic experiencing world of coaching. That's a, that's a certain type of coaching school. So if I go looking, that's the third question would be, how, how do I find this coach? I'm probably looking at the kind of schools who are training people in somatic experiencing, and they always have lists of trained and certified coaches that you can look up and then get a sense from that. So th that's not going to work for you because if you're wanting an executive coach, that's even broader category. If you are looking for one, you could. There's a few things you could do. You could ask your learning and development department if you have one. And what they they probably have a bench of coaches usually in organisations. If you have a mentor, they probably have recommendations or a colleague. A LinkedIn search for executive coach will produce a long list. That's another place to look. And if you are if you're part of any support networks, it's worth dropping into there. I know I have my name seems to be doing the rounds and some CEO tech forums. 
So yeah, there's this if, if you're a part of any of those, that's always a useful place to to go because you know you, that's one of the nicest ways of getting to start a shortlist is to get some form of recommendation. I don't think it's that hard to find a coach nowadays. I think it's more challenging to choose the right one for you. So that takes you to the next step. So imagine you have a few coaches in in the modality, the type of coach that you want. Like what next? So the next is a chemistry session. And what what is that? So the chemistry session is usually a free, anything from half an hour to an hour session that the coach will offer you. And it's a connection conversation. So it's a free check out before you buy kind of conversation. So coaches will run it all differently. But what what are you looking for as the client? You're like, do I like the person? If I in the conversation, do I enjoy that conversation? Do they have the kind of experience that I'm looking for in accompanying someone in the kind of journey that I want to go on? Do I feel the right balance between being safe and comfortable? And I can trust them, but that they would also challenge me when I wanted to or needed to be challenged. Do I feel that I've been listened to when I tell my story of what brought me to their door? As a coach myself, I like to know coach qualifications, but you know, you don't have to know that in the diverse landscape. It can be around helpful information. I think it doesn't mean much if you don't understand all the coaching schools. I'd probably do some LinkedIn or Instagram stalking to see how they show up online and, and the feel that I get from that. And that, that sort of takes it down to this is an intuitive task. There is no perfect list of questions to ask. It's you are stepping into a relationship with another human being and the, the work happens in relationship with each other. So you have to feel into what are you picking up and, and what feels right, what doesn't feel right, and then how do you navigate that and trust yourself. I'm going to put a link in the show notes just to some point just to think about. It's a, it's a blog post I re- I've written, and so that, that can be a good reference point if you want going forward. So in the final stages, so you've found the person, you find you're the right coach for you. The next step is contracting. And there's two sides to contracting. One is the legal contract, some form of, I'm going to pay this kind of money for this kind of sessions over this period of time. So that legal contract between the two of you. But then the other form of contract is the psychological contract, the sort of social contract. And this is what I would, ex- I would expect in the first session, some sort of contracting around our relationship how how are we going to be together what agreements do we want to have a place to make this a whatever i want at the session a challenging fun session for example what does challenge look like if i said the coach challenged me what does that what does that mean to me because it might be different to you how much homework do i want how much homework am i available to have will the coach write up notes in the session and send it to me afterwards or not? Do I do that? Does the coach want me to send my topic in advance of the meeting or our coaching session or not? What frequency do we meet? If it gets harder, one of us upsets the other one and you're unintentionally, well, what do we do? What agreement do we have? So anything that you need from a practical, logical, emotional, spiritual level to feel that there are some safety stepping into this relationship and some agreements that you can lean into at some future point without necessarily knowing what's going to happen. So that would be the final stage before starting that that relationship. So that, my friends, is a brief tour of some questions I get about executive coaching and 
my behind the scenes process, which I find useful. Like I said, there is a coach for everything, Facebook ads coach, a mindset coach, a tennis coach. I think you could use guide for almost anything you want, any, any kind of coach that you were looking for. I hope you feel confident now in, in going to look for an executive coach or if the timing is right for you to go do that now. Maybe it's with me, maybe it's with someone else. But even listening to someone's podcast like this, it's a great way of kind of hanging out and seeing like, how do you vibe with the person? Do they make you laugh? Do they annoy you? That's a great way of doing a, a sort of a dry run of what it would be like to, to work with that person. So I'm wishing you luck in your development journey, whatever that looks like, whenever you decide to, to dial up and step into that place. And appreciate you being here. And thanks for listening. This is your wingwoman signing off until next week. Oh,